welcome to livealittlehigher.com. I hope you had a beautiful, beautiful and wonderful summer. And I'm happy to be back uh, teaching for little, livealittlehigher.com. Today, we're going to learn Parasha Kitsetse. And uh, the parasha begins with a verse that says, one, When one leaves to war against the enemy, and Hashem gives them into your hand, and you take a captive. And um, the Zohar states that this war is not only talking about the Jewish wars to conquer the land. It's not only giving us uh, the, the, the laws of, of Jewish law, of, of, of war, warfare, of how a Jew has to behave in a war. And it also talks about our internal war, the war that we fight, each one of us, every day, no matter what, inside of us, we're all battling this war, this war of, 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 it's a spiritual war between our godly soul and our animal soul. And this is something that happens every day of our life till the day we leave this world. So the Zohar states that the time of prayer is a time of war. And uh, this is also alluded to from the verse that was stated by Yaakov when he, when he uh, confronted the Emirates, that I have taken from the Emirates with my sword and bow. Onkelos, uh, the, the, the Talmudic um, translator, translates or commentator, translates this to mean that I have taken with my prayer and supplication. So these two statements are somewhat bizarre, they're strange, uh, and the question the Alter Rebbe asks in this mimer is what war is fought during prayer? What, how can it say that when we're praying we're at war? What, what is this war that the Zohar is talking about? And, um, and why are we required to pray not only daily but three times a day? So what is the thing with the prayer? So once the war is won the, pre the, the previous day why are we also required to go and pray the next day? So every day we have to engage in war. This is not like you won a battle and that's it. You go and have a vacation. No, you conquer the land. No, what it's telling us is that you won that war for the day. But every day comes with a war. So uh, in, a, in, 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 in our books, we know that prayer is, is called or it's known as Avodashe Balev, it's the service of the heart. And the sages teach that the prayers were instituted corresponding the korbanot, the sacrifices. So in the times of the temple, people were not, didn't go to Minyan to pray. This is not what we did. The, the way we prayed was through our korbanot, through our service in the, in the, in the temple. Uh, through the offerings that were done and it says because during prayer is when when the godly soul wages a strategic attack on the core and essence of an animal soul and redirects it to have a feeling and a desire for God and so once this is accomplished the battle of the rest of the day are easier to fight so in the times of the temple during temple times they would offer the korban ola on the mizbeach, on the altar. This was a burnt offering. This was an offering that would come and they would like burn the, the animal completely to ashes. It could not be eaten because it was completely burned. And this, this animal really represents the animal soul because the animalistic part of a person was burnt through this offering. And, um, and we see that the that when the offering was done, 
there was a, a, a fire from above that came and consumed the, the, the Ola. And the reason why the Ola offering would draw a fire down uh, to consume it, it's because the soul of the animal derives from a place called Yesod Ha'esh, the foundation of fire, and it's rooted in the supernal chariot. So the root of the animal soul, where it's really rooted, where it comes from, it also comes from a lofty place. It comes from a, a spiritual place. We would think that the animal soul is completely material. It's from this world. It has nothing to do with God. It's really an antagonistic, uh, antagonistic thing to God. It, it's against God. But in reality, what the, the, the Alter Rebbe is teaching us here in this Siha is that the animal soul comes from a lofty place. It also comes from, from godliness. It's not something material. It comes from a, 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 a very holy place, as holy as the uh, godliness shama. So when the animal was sacrificed, in order for its soul to ascend, a fire would descend from above and consume the soul of the animal, which was the fire of, the, of below. So the, the Kohen had to ignite a fire in the altar. He first had to initiate, he had to light a fire, and then the fire from above would come down and uh, consume the animal sacrifice below. So after the destruction of the temples, we were forbidden to offer more sacrifices because we don't have a temple, we're forbidden. Today we don't do sacrifices, and the sages instituted that each person should offer his animal soul as a sacrifice in place of the physical animals and the way to do this is through prayer prayer is the way to do this prayer is our ticket to freedom by offering our animal soul we reattach it to its root and its source above so this is so interesting really to understand this concept of prayer this mystical aspect of prayer because most people pray and they don't really know what they're doing they think they're asking for whatever they need they're asking for their needs to God and it's like a shopping list and you're standing there and you're asking and praying and but in reality it's much more than that it's, it's the moment in which your animalistic instinct really gets reattached to where it comes from, from the holiness of God, and it's redirected. So all the animal instincts, all the animal urges, your ego, your greed, your anger, your, your uh, need for pleasure, it, it's not abolished, but it's redirected. It's changed into a, into a holy way to be used for the service of Hashem. So every day a person's Yetzer Hara, his evil inclination, is filled with wants for the material and physical world. This is what the Yetzer Hara wants. The Yetzer Hara is running to get pleasure and running away from pain. We don't want to suffer, we don't want pain, we wanna have pleasure, we wanna eat something that tastes good, we wanna do something that makes us feel good, we wanna dress in something that makes us feel nice. So this, this physical world uh, is, is what gives us this driving, it's driving his desire for the pursuit of mundane pleasures. Each person is given an allotted time to live in this world. We're all given a, a, a time frame to come into this world. We were born this year and then you have a time that you're gonna be in this world. And, um, and it says in the verse, these days were not assigned based on the needs of the godly soul, as the soul does not require any tikkun. So the, we're not in this world to correct our neshama, our godly neshama.
This, the godliness Shama is godly, it's, it's perfect. It doesn't need to be corrected, it doesn't need to be elevated, it doesn't need to change it. It's perfect. He's not here to correct, but the animal soul is here to do tikkun olam, to correct. So, so being that the godliness Shama, the godly soul is eternal and it's not invested within time because it's eternal, but rather unites with its source in the uh, in the or in sof, which is the never-ending light of God. So we see here that man's days are allocated there to him according to the needs of his animal soul. So it's dependent on the animal soul based on the amount of sparks that fell in into it during the Shevira's Hakelim, the breaking of the vessels. This is something very Kabbalistic and very abstract to, to explain. Uh, but God created a world first with a Gevura, with the strictness, with justice. And when he created this, this world, the world could not be contained. And it shattered. And it was destroyed. And all the, 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 the sparks of this world, this first world that God created, ended up uh, in this world. And so what we have to do, these shattered vessels that were today, they're sparks in this world. What we have to do, what a person comes to do in this world, this is his life mission, is to elevate these, these sparks that are all through this world. So that's why a Jew is so important that he does blessings when he eats, because when he's doing brahas, what he's doing is he's releasing the godly sparks that are contained in that food, and he's elevating them back to its source. So every time a Jew prays in an airport, or, or a Jew prays wherever he is, and he's doing some the healing, or he's praying, or he's doing a mitzvah, or he's doing whatever godly action he's doing in a certain place and time, what he's doing is as he's releasing these um, sparks from captivity. They're also in, 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 uh, in exile and we're redeeming them. That's why the Jewish people had to be 210 years in Egypt because they had to, to, to elevate all these sparks in this place. This is what they were doing. So going back to the korbanos, to the, to the offerings, we need to understand that in order for the heavenly fire to descend to this world, first a fire must be ignited from below. So this applies likewise in our prayers. First, we need to arouse within us the will to want to connect to Hashem. Like a person is not going to pray if he doesn't want to pray. He first has to want to pray. He first has to want to have that need to connect to God. And then the fire from above will consume it. So how do we ignite a fire from below? How do we inspire ourselves? How do we become ourselves passionate for Hashem? So it says here that we have to contemplate, we have to sit down and meditate a little bit. You know, meditation really comes from the Jews. We have to contemplate on matters that the animal soul admires and is in awe of. So <clears throat> from showing him the greatness of God and his divine intervention in this world, we will ignite a fiery passion within both souls to want to attach to Hashem and be united with him. So it's very important that for a few moments every day you meditate on the, on the greatness of the world, on how Hashem really fills this world with everything we need, from spiritual to material. People can live in beautiful homes. Today, there's beautiful furniture everywhere. It doesn't have to be expensive. People can get beautiful chandeliers on Amazon for $200. Like, to meditate on how Hashem really fills this world with everything we need that the animal soul loves. 
close, like meditate that Hashem is the one that provides all this for you. And in this way, a fire will be ignited inside of you, in your animal soul, that will allow the, the fire of God to come down uh, into you. So there is a parable <clears throat> that tells the story of a high position investment banker uh, that went to the Amazon forest on an expedition because they were looking into the coffee industry and this expedition of people went to the Amazon uh, forest to... to to see if the land was good, if they could do this business deal. And while they were there, the, the, the guides, they lost the guides and they got lost. And this specific person, this specific businessman, he was a very wealthy man. He drove a beautiful uh, car, a luxurious car. He had a beautiful mansion. He had a beautiful wife. He had good kids. They, he had a membership in the, in the, in the club, uh, he went to the most incredible parties, he went to the concerts, he dressed with the most exquisite uh, suits and, and ties, and he had all the luxuries a person could ever imagine. But once he was stuck in this forest, and they were lost for years in this forest, suddenly all, all these things that he used to love so much became very, very uh, far away from him. He could not relate to them anymore. He was not thinking about the steak of this fancy restaurant. He was not thinking about his comfortable bed. If he got to eat a root, a vegetable root, or he found a little animal that he could eat to survive, he felt he had won the lottery. And if he was able to sleep for two or three hours straight without disturbance, he felt he was a king. So imagine how his level of... Um, of uh, comfort fell down, that all these things became like luxury to him. And he came to a point after a few years that he really lost hope and he thought he would never come back home and he just lost hope and he was like, okay, this is it, this is my life, this is what it's gonna be. And he gave up and he was, okay, I have to make the best out of it. But in the, in the, in, in the way, he met a, a wise man, a, a wise man, a man that was also lost in the forest. But this wise man never gave up and he never lost hope. And he never forgot the things that made him happy. And he, he reignited in this, in this executive, in this businessman, the love of, of luxury again. And they reminding him where he came from and to never forget and never give up. That one day, God willing, he will be able to get out of this forest and go back home and be back into his life. So this story really, this parable, is the story of the animal soul. And the animal soul was once up there in heaven, rooted in the chariot, and, uh, and he experienced a great level of godliness. He was, uh, experienced the bliss, the, the delight of the closeness of being to Hashem. And once it descended into this earthly abode, he completely forgot where he came from and what he used to experience, what was his luxury in life. And he got used to this world. So for him, uh, Oscar de la Renta dress is a luxury. Uh, Maserati is a luxury and a mansion is a luxury. But he forgot that in his previous life, the luxuries were a different level of luxuries. So the godly soul, which represents the wise man, is here to remind the animal soul of his previous life. It's to 
to remind him like yes don't get so startled don't get so uh, uh, impressed with this material world don't get so attached to it don't get so connected to it because in reality this is not where your passions deserve to be this is not where you are so when you will go out to war over your enemy says the verse over your enemy it's a very strange wording rather with that than with the enemy the wording of this verse gives us a strategy of the battle with the animal soul it's telling us how to battle our animal soul the verse is teaching us that by cooling the desires of the animal soul with prayer we switch these desires to the love of God instead so you will be over your enemy this means that you should reach out to the root and the source of the enemy, which is the root and the source of the animal soul in the supernal chariot. So in other words, what the Alter Rebbe is trying to teach us here, and which I think it's like, it's gonna change my prayer forever, it's gonna change the way I pray, is that the goal of prayer is to empower the godly uh, soul to conquer the animal soul by re reminding him the, that, the indeed, that he indeed comes from a holy place. Because, you know, we learn the animal soul, the godly soul, the godly soul is your ego, it's instinctive, it's animalistic, but the root of this animal really is not rooted there. It comes from a lofty place. And this animal soul has a purpose in this world. He has a purpose here. He comes to elevate the world. If you don't have an animal soul, you're not gonna be hungry, you're not gonna be uh, cold, you're not gonna need clothes, you're not gonna need food, you're not gonna need a house, right? The animal soul is the, the one that needs shelter, is the one that needs all these things. So, but he has to remember constantly that all these things really are meant to be used for the service of Hashem. If they're not used for the service of Hashem, then there's not really no meaning or purpose in all this stuff in the world. So we ha the, animal, the godly soul is reminding the, God, the animal soul what is his purpose. Once the godly soul has overpowered the animal soul, it will maintain its position throughout the day. So when you pray in the morning, when you conquer that animal in you during the, in the morning prayer, the rest of the day is gonna be easier for you. It's not gonna be such a materialistic life. It's gonna be a life more uh, godly than animal. And, and, and so that, 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 that the position of the, of the animal soul will, will be weakened throughout the day until the next day. But the next day, we need to start all over again because the animal soul really gains strength. So this is an ongoing battle in which we have to do every day. I really suggest, uh, I always take something new about myself every year. Uh, in this time of the year, I take something new that will connect me more to God, that will attach me more to God. If you are not that type of person that wakes up and prays, I really suggest you should take this one on you. Like, it doesn't have to be crazy prayer. Like, do your brahas in the morning, do vayasidur, do blessings in the morning, and then do Shema Israel, and then do the Shemon Israel, do the Amidah, do these three things. It doesn't take you more than 10 minutes, really, and it's gonna make a whole difference in the rest of your day, in the rest of your life. So I wish you a blessed week, and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.